Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. We're dancing. If you're a Raging Cajun or LSU baseball fan, you don't got a lot to dance about this morning. But we're going to try to be positive for you. As always, good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your big, bald, and beautiful host, Raymond Parch III. I'm joined in the game studio studios by a woman who needs no introduction yet she deserves one soon to be wife extraordinaire currently right now fiance extraordinaire you know her and love her as the producer extraordinaire and louisiana tech hater also hater of people that burn their steaks and eat them with ketchup it's the one and only Hannah Five Names. Good morning. Good morning. Look at that. I said good morning and next came through. <laughs> it's a good start to today's show. It's a good start to today's show. What'd you do last night? Um, I did more of my puzzle. I went through 40 minutes of press conferences and I made some rubies and rice for dinner. You have the most exciting life. Yes. Of a, anyone I know. Right? Because, I mean, the best part <laughs> the best part was already waking up uh, yesterday morning and finding out that my cat decided she wanted to knock down my box from Crumble Cookies. And um, the dog ate all the cookies out of the box last night. So, that was fun to sweep up. Cats are gangsters. Uh, how I would describe my cat, I'm not allowed to do so and use that word on the radio. <laughs> but it starts with an A. <laughs> Mine does too. <laughs> okay, so that's what cats are. That's a, that's what they've been for I don't know thousands of years. Yeah. Um. Yes. I slept. the The old course, the country club at the Golden Nugget in Lake Charles, got the best of your boy yesterday. It was not a pretty sight. It was not a pretty sight. Got a little bit of a got a got a little little color in my skin on my arms and on my forehead, and uh, the course was was not kind. It said it said it's adorable that you're in this pro am. Welcome to hell. No, just joking. It was a beautiful day, windy as hell, and uh, we'll talk more about that and. <laughs> How I took a negative and made it into a positive. <laughs> I was like, I think the whole world just needs to know how many golf balls did you lose this time. You're not going to believe this. 
the same exact amount that I did a week ago at Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, presented by Mr. Ross. Totally different course. Chittimacha has narrow fairways. It has all the trees, right? It's it's in a neighborhood. And you go out to the country club at the Golden Nugget, and it's link-style course. It's nothing but tall grass and wind, and you're right there on Lake Charles, like right on the lake. So the wind is coming in at all day long. Like, the wind was so much that the ball slightly moved when you putted it because of wind. (laughs) I lost eight. But I may have lost eight. But I spent a good part of my time playing in the shamble, looking through the tall grass and going, hey, there's a ball. Hey, there's a ball. Hey, there's another ball someone's lost. They're mine now. I was the rangefinder yesterday as part of our team. We're going to talk more about this glorious event that I got to take part in later on in today's show. We're also going to have our contest winner who will be joining us as well, Murphy Walton, out of rain. My man claims that he is an accountant, but the way he plays golf I think he may be fibbing. He did well yesterday. Did mm. very well yesterday. He played well. He had some great shots. Now, he had some shots that were pas bon, and I, I told him thank you for making me feel better about my golf game. And we got not one but two pros. We had one pro for the first nine holes that we golf, and then a different pro and a different caddy for the second nine holes, which was kind of cool. You get to golf with two guys on the Corn Ferry Tour. So we'll talk all about that later on in today's show. We do have a great show lined up for you. It's Thursday, getting you closer to the weekend. We've got a ton of guests in hour number three. We actually have three of them. The bold three guests in one hour move. It's a power move. I learned it from Hannah Five Names. She's a powerful young woman. We're going to be talking with our contest winner, Murphy Walton. He'll be joining us in hour number three at 8.15. But we're going to kick off that 8 o'clock hour with talking with Les East. Saints, Pelicans, lots to cover there with Les from CrescentCitySports.com. So talk with Les East at 8 o'clock. Pels and Saints. 8.15, talk to our contest winner, Murphy Walton, about just how bad I was at golf. 8.30, the great Gazzolo, Jim Gazzolo, McNeese beat reporter, will join us to help us preview the weekend slate of games on the diamond for both the cowgirls and the cowboys conference play opens up for both so those are our three guests back to back to back in the eight o'clock hour and of course we have our friend john marquez at 6 30 today talk about the retirement of mike mcconathy and lsu men's basketball but the rest of the show is open that seven o'clock hour open when get those phone calls in you can't Game hotline is open, as always, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. We're going to touch on it all today. But we're going to start talking what happened last night on the Diamond. Woof. That's what happened on the Diamond last night. The Cajuns and the Tigers. 
Not optimal. Not optimal whatsoever. LSU, for the second time this year, they lose to Louisiana Tech. This time at Alex Box Stadium. And once again, the question mark about pitching when it pertains to LSU still stands. I don't know if they have the pitching to make a run. I mean, right off the bat in last night's game against Hannah's least favorite athletic program, Louisiana Tech, Bulldogs jumped out to a 3 nothing lead in the first, then added another run in the second. So right off the bat, the Tigers, who can rake, the Tigers are down 4 nothing after two innings because the pitching is not there. And credit Jay Johnson's squad. They rallied. They tied the game by plating four runs there in the fifth inning and then adding a run in the sixth and adding another run in the eighth. And you're thinking, okay, they overcame the early deficit. They're going to be able to hold on to win here. I mean, it's in the eighth inning they played a run. They just have to come out and close the door. Two-run cushing cushion to close the door and get that midweek win and start getting prepared for Florida this coming weekend. But then LSU's bullpen says, guys, wouldn't it be more fun starting now in the ninth inning through the 12th to walk seven batters? Seven. They walked in the winning run. Or what proved to be the go-ahead run and the winning run, to be more accurate, in the 12th. Woof. Look, Louisiana Tech is a good program. They have NCAA regional team written all over them. But the pitching issues for LSU that were there at the very start of the season, and here we are, near the end of March, and guess what? Still have issues. They walked seven batters from the ninth to the twelfth inning. Seven. You're just giving the other uh, team an opportunity, chances and chances and chances and chances. That's exactly what Tech did. Not only did they tie the game in the ninth, then they win it in the twelfth. And the Tigers pitchers, once again, are struggling. LSU falls to 15-6 and six overall. And they'll get ready for a three-game series this weekend against the Florida Gators. Of course, we'll be carrying those games. You can listen to them live right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette. 104.1 Lake Charles. Raging Cajuns baseball team didn't fare any better. Their midweek game down in Thibodeau. They tried to mount a late rally. Tied the game even. Not enough. Not enough. They let Nichols get on top of them. They tried their best there in the ninth. As they plated two runs. The rally caps were on. Raging Cajuns were going crazy. Matt Miguez was going crazy. 
And no. Nichols wins it in the bottom of the ninth. Walks it off for the 6-5 win. The Cajuns struck out 11 times in this game against Nichols. Colonels are a good program. They're a good program. The Cajuns are supposed to be better. The Cajuns struck out 11 times against Nichols. Also committed two errors and left six runners on the base paths. So you strike out 11 times, leave six runners on the base paths, and you commit two errors. Well, there you go. Cajuns drop to 9-11 and 11 overall, and they get to bring in old rival, arch rival, South Alabama for a three-game set at the Teague this weekend. So the question marks you had about the Raging Cajuns baseball team and the question marks that you had about the LSU baseball team early in the season, guess what? We're almost to April, still have those same questions. LSU comes down to their pitching. Cajuns. And LSU also has fielding issues. Cajuns, pitching, and not being consistent. Not being able to put together consistent performances. Now, they can start turning their season around in a hurry this weekend against South Alabama. Arch rivals, Sunbelt Conference Series. Hell yeah! Get it, get get it together. Turn it around. Take this series at the Teague. You're at home. You'll have the fans in attendance cheering you on and kind of reclaim some of that mojo and turn your season around. But right now, the Cajuns are trending downward. They're two games below 500. And you got the Jaguars coming to town. Not optimal. Not optimal. And yes, five names, you are special. So, LSU loses. Cajuns lose. McNeese didn't lose last night because they didn't have a game. Because their game on Tuesday was simply canceled. They're gearing up for conference play this weekend against Houston Baptist University. The Fighting Lance Berkmans, the Huskies, come to the Joe. So we'll see. We'll see what happens this weekend for conference play for the three teams. And if they can get back on track. Oh, man. Good start to today's show. Excellent day start to today's show. When we come back here on the RP3 and the companies. Hannah Five Names is going to unveil our poll question of the day. It's going to be legendary. And we'll talk about the bazonkers NFL offseason continues. That's right. I just took zany and bonkers and made it into a new word, bazonkers. You're welcome for that. We'll talk about the Tyreek Hill trade. That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
Tigers and Cajuns lose on the diamond last night in midweek games. LSU falls to Louisiana Tech for the second time this season, while the Cajuns go on the road and lose in Thibodeau and walk-off fashion to the Nichols Colonels. Both teams have issues with pitching, and they both have issues with the glove work as well. And they're both struggling a little bit as of right now. And that leads us to our poll question of the day. I told you that the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, well, she lives up to her moniker as the producer extraordinaire. She's got our poll question of the day. Tell the people what it is, how they can vote, how they can comment, how they can communicate with us here at the game, madam. So, our poll question is, who needs to win their weekend conference series more? Is it LSU at Florida, McNeese versus HBU, or UL versus South Alabama? I honestly say UL versus South Alabama because, well, I like beating them because they're South Alabama. They're over there in the Bamas, so. In the Bamas? In the Bamas? (laughs) Of course our first vote goes straight to LSU at Florida. Uh, look, you could make a good, compelling argument for all three of those. You could. You could. Uh, because they, they struggle on. LSU has stumbled to start off conference play. They're struggling with the midweek contest. Their pitching and defense is pop They have to go on the road to Gainesville to take on Florida. Be really good if you could come out of there with a series win and kind of get back on track. For the Cajuns, you're below 500 right now. You're a below. You're not. You're not even in 500 ball club. You're below 500, and you got your arch nemesis in baseball coming to town. No better way to get on track and turn your season around than to beat the arch nemesis, right? To beat the enemy. Yeah. And that can give you the kind of confidence boost and swag, so to speak, to carry that on and get some momentum. But McNeese just lost two of three to Eastern Illinois. And the Cowboys, the Cowboys are struggling as well. Fielding errors plaguing them as they dropped two of three to Eastern Illinois at the Joe, and they welcome in Houston Baptist. Managed, skip, skippered, not skippered. That's not a word. Managed by Lance Berkman, former Astro Green. So, look, I've said it before. All three of these teams have the potential to be NCAA regional teams. way they've been playing the last week and a half, not so much. But I think you could make a compelling argument for any three of those options. Go vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to talk about it, you can give us a call. Hotline's always open, 337-706-0111. Just make sure you're nice to the lady behind on the other end of the line, so to speak. Yeah. I also kind of want LSU to win over Florida because that's uh, Kenneth's alma mater is Florida, so I like whenever we beat them. Either he was very much rooting for uh, Ohio State to win when we're, they played LSU. We're going to talk about the dynamics of your relationship with your fiancé and how you cheer against him. That'll be a discussion we're going to have at a later date. <laughs> we don't have time today in this three-hour show to examine that. 
no. that you root openly root against your fiance's alma mater and the team that he roots for. My my entire life would take about seven hours. No, it wouldn't. That's that, I think that's would. adorable that you say it's only going to take seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> with, our, with our show, it would take it take that long. So go vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Let's talk NFL while we have a few minutes. This has been one of the weirdest off-seasons that I can remember. So much activity, in particular traits. I can't remember a time where I've seen this many star players in the NFL traded. It happened again yesterday. Tyreek Hill, a six-time Pro Bowl wide receiver, the Cheetah, a man who's helped the Kansas City Chiefs reach two Super Bowls, helping them win one, helped Patrick Mahomes win a league MVP, and considered possibly the fastest man in the NFL. The Chiefs trade him to the Dolphins. For five draft picks, including this year's first-round pick, number 29, a second-round pick, number 50, and then a fourth-round pick as well as a fourth- and sixth-round pick in the 2023 draft. That's a good deal. I mean, you gave up five picks if you're Dolphins, but three of them are fourth-rounders or later? And you only had to give up one first-round pick for Tyreek Hill? But then the Dolphins were like, You know, we did so good on not giving up a ton of draft picks, a ton of quality draft picks, like first day, first two day draft picks. We're going to go turn around and give Tyreek Hill a four year, 120 million extension. 72.2 million guaranteed. Dolphins are all in, man. They signed Teron Armstead to an $80 million deal. They trade for Tyreek Hill and then give him a big, massive deal. They fixed their offensive line to protect Tua. They gave him another weapon, gave him some other weapons. There'll be no excuses for Tua not to succeed down in South Beach. If he doesn't, Teddy Bridgewater will be waiting in the wings to go out there and game manage the Dolphins to the playoffs. But as a big-time move as that is, this is what's been going on. Do you realize in a 16-day span, so two weeks and two days, Russell Wilson was traded. Carson Wentz was traded. Khalil Mack traded. Amari Cooper. Devontae Adams. Deshaun Watson. Matt Ryan. Tyreek Hill. A total. A total of nine players. There's a gentleman on the list. I see you over there counting with your damn hands. There's a name on the list that is a name I'm not even going to to attempt. I'm just going to call him Yannick and whatever the hell his last name is. There's an N, there's a G, there's a K, an O, and a U. Over there giving me the business. I'm trying to make a point about what's happening, and she's over here giving your boy the business. Want to take a crack at that name? Oh, that's not it. <laughs> I saw a guy the long last yeah. name that you were talking about, and you I was take, like, "Wait, never you mind." Wanna take like crack, you want to take a crack? You want to take a crack at N G A K 
O-U-E. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> you know, the G's probably silent. You know that, right? Well, yeah, but. Nyako? Naku? I was like Nyako. Yannick Naku? Yep, sure. There we go. Now you happy? <laughs> Are you happy now that I didn't skip over the I gentleman's mean, name? Like, that's, that's only eight. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Wiley is now jo- is in the studio joining us. Steve, Steve, Steve's going to tell us how to pronounce the young man's name. Not even going to attempt that. Oh, see what he did? And I'm the son of an English teacher. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. See, now we're getting Steve to be part of our shenanigans. I was looking up on YouTube when they've given him highlights, and then I'll go from there. So once again, once again, 16-day period, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, Yannick, Naku, Devontae Adams, Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, and Tyreek Hill. They combined to have been in 39. They've combined for 39 Pro Bowl selections. So these are top flight, best of the best players in the NFL. We're talking franchise players, generational talents, 39 combined Pro Bowls. All nine have been traded in a 16-day span. Who's next? Who's next? I don't know. It's amazing. The, 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 how NFL teams are approaching dealing with star players and instead of playing hardball with them, they're just trading them and getting whatever they can. That seems like a seismic shift to me. I don't know. It seems like a seismic shift. Uh, of course, Wikipedia has the how to say it. Uh, it's Yannick. I can, Ngakwe. I can, I can go in there and write anything on out. Wikipedia. Say it again. Yannick Ngakwe. I was close. <laughs> yeah. I was close. We were. <laughs> well, that's John Marcus. He knows how to say it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, he'll be, he'll be like. That's all right. <laughs> I'm not sure that's really. <laughs> we got Steve Wiley to be part of our shenanigans this morning. We did. <laughs> it's a good sign for today's show. We got to take a timeout. When we come back, John Marques, the award-winning columnist for the Town Talk and the TownTalk.com, will join us. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. College basketball fans join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yep, it's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code 1037GAME this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Availability does vary by parish. Eligibility restrictions do apply. 
See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. It's a doozy. Which college baseball team needs to win their weekend series more? LSU and UL both dropped games last night, midweek contests, but they're also coming off weekend series losses. So is McNeese. LSU's at Florida this weekend. UL's at home against arch rival South Alabama. And McNeese opens up Southland Conference play at home at the Joe against Houston Baptist University. Who needs a win, series win more this coming weekend? We want to hear from you. Go vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Right now, leading the vote, 57% of the vote, is the Raging Cajuns versus South Alabama. 43% of you say LSU at Florida. No votes yet for McNeese versus HBU. Go vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments once again on Facebook and Twitter. But right now, it's time for us to talk with the award-winning columnists of the Town Talk and thetowntalk.com, our good friend John Marquez. John, good morning to you, bud. How are you? I'm doing well this morning, right? How are you? Doing good, bud. Ha- First question, um, have you gone ahead and ordered your Mitchell Trubisky jersey? Has that is that, is that in the mail from NFLshop.com? I'm holding out for the Baker Mayfield jersey. <laughs> How many for, former first-round draft pick quarterbacks can you collect on your team's roster? You can never have too many. <laughs> never have too many. Would you be interested in Carson Wentz? I could give him to you on a good deal. <sighs> no, sorry. <laughs> that's where. That's where. I, 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 that's my limit. <laughs> That's where you say, no, no, no more. No more. None of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, quickly, before we get to basketball, <clears throat> this offseason, John, for the NFL, I can't remember a time where I've seen this many top-tier talented players being traded. I mean, we've had nine guys traded in the last 16 days that have a combined 39 Pro Bowls. And we're talking top-tier talent uh, from Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz and Russell Wilson to Khalil Mack to now Tyreek Hill. What do you make of this extremely, you know, crazy offseason for the National Football League? Well, it's not only that. It's the uh, some of the free agent signings. When you throw that in, like the, the, the Armstead signing with Miami, and it's like, wow. Um I mean, it's. I mean, let, let's face it. The NFL. It's not limited to just the fall and, and January. It's a year-round endeavor, and I mean, you 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 just see that with what's gone on. And but you know, some of the trades and the signings, you just scratch your head. Like I'm still puzzled by Deshaun Watson and why in the world anybody would give up that much for him. When we still don't know his football future, um, you know, and I know, you know, just among our own little circle that there were some Saints fans that didn't want him to begin with. Um, you see the blowback that the Browns are taking for signing him. Um, it's just a, uh, but I mean, it, you know, 
let's face it, the NFL is the vacuum in this country. Everything just gets sucked into its orbit, and you know, we 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 sit here and we wonder and it, why Roger Goodell makes sixty million dollars a year. Why does he still have a job? There you go. What are we talking about in the end of March? Are we talking about March Madness? Are we talking about the beginning of the Major League Baseball season, the NBA playoff chase? No, we're talking about the NFL. Yeah, of course. It, it's always winning, right? It's now a full year sport, even though games don't go a whole full uh, all all year long. Uh John, with that being said, the moves, you know, free agent moves that are being made, the trades that are being made. Um, I can't remember a time, though, where we've had that many trades, though, right? I mean, you've been covering the sport a little bit longer than I have. There's usually been one or two guys that get traded, and you're like, oh, that's a big deal. We're, we, we've had nine. I don't, you know, and you sort of wonder if it's the new, you know, sort of the new approach, because... You know, you always saw blockbuster trades in Major League Baseball. You always saw them in the NBA. You never saw them that much in football. Especially, you know, the joke is, why does the NFL even have a trading deadline? Because nothing ever happens. Yeah. But now you're, start, now you're starting to see it pick up. And, you know, how many teams do you see, hey, they push their chips in and say, hey, we're going all in like uh, the Rams did last year? Um. I think you're starting to see more franchises like, hey, we're not that far away. There's more parity um, thanks to the salary cap. Salary cap is not a bad thing. And, you know, hey, if you're one or two pieces away and, you know, we, we, we joke about the Browns, all that, was Baker Mayfield the problem last year? Was he the problem? And if he was, why not go out and get Deshaun Watson? If you're – now, I have no idea what the Dolphins are doing because they're definitely not Tariq Hill or Trevor Armstead away from contending for the Super Bowl, but why not? Why not make these trades? Um, yeah, it's just you just wonder if maybe this will lead into more, finally, um, the NFL trade deadline during the season meaning something. And the other thing that stands out to me is that the AFC is now just stupid. I, I just... Every you know, Russell Wilson gets traded to the AFC. Khalil Mack goes back to the AFC. Uh, Tyreek Hill stays in the AFC. It's just like you know, if you're a team, if you if your favorite team's in the NFC, if you're a Saints fan, you're feeling pretty good because the NFC just keeps getting weaker and weaker, which is good if you're a team, if your team resides in the NFC. And that's and that's what makes the Deshaun Watson signing. Now, granted, he's got a lot still out there that nobody knows about. You go to the Saints. You're on an almost super uh, Super Bowl ready team. He might be that missing piece, and instead he decides, "Hey, I'd rather go collect my money and go to the place where a quarterback's careers go to die." I just don't, you know. It's a bit. It's it, it's a bit of a puzzle. We're talking with John Marquise of the Town Talk on the TownTalk.com. He joins us here in RP3 and Company. All right, bud. Let's switch gears to the hardwood. What do you make of LSU's hire for the men's basketball program? Uh. Pretty good. Um, you know, you could, you know, I, a friend was asking me this, and I said, you know, you could go back. This might be the most accomplished coach they've hired at this point in their career since Press Maravich when they hired him away from North Carolina State. Um, you know, Dell Brown was unknown. John Brady, for a large extent, was unknown. He was at Sanford. Um, nobody had really heard of Will Wade. 
You know, Trent Johnson was just a horribly bad fit coming from the West Coast where he had spent his entire career to the South. Uh, Matt McMahon is, um, I mean, what he did at Murray State is pretty impressive. And, um, you know, he's sort of the anti-Will Wade if you look at it. You know, Will Wade spent two years at Chattanooga, two years at VCU, never built a program, never had to really sustain a program. He was just like a two-hit wonder. And McMahon's the complete opposite. You know, he spent seven years at Murray. Um, He was on staff before then, helped uh, discover John Morant, you know, and we see John Morant. You know, we've had that debate whether – Pelicans should have taken him number one overall instead of Zion. Um, I think it's I think it's an outstanding hire. Now it's not the flashy power five hire that you know Brian Kelly was or Kim Mulkey or Jay Johnson, but um, it's a pretty solid hire um, for uh, Scott Woodward, who's known for that. So I, th- I think LSU basketball fans can rest easy. Um, they're going to be a couple of rough years ahead, thanks to whatever sanctions the NCAA hands down. But um, I think they've got a guy who can weather that and build the program for long-term success. All right, John, we'll get you out of here with this. Your latest column is about a gentleman that both you and I covered and got to know over the years, one of the good guys in college basketball, Mike McConaughey. Uh, they had some great moments there at Northwestern State. But they also, you know, recently have had some down years, right? It, it's, and he decided to finally step away from coaching the demons. Uh, your biggest takeaway on his career, and now that he's stepping away from the hardwood, he's the last of a uh, dying breed of um, of generational coaches like that. That just um, when people talk about him, they they speak more in glowing terms about what he is off the court than what he is on the court. And on the court, he's the winningest coach in Louisiana collegiate history. Um, Well over 600 wins over 39 years. Um, You know, he had great success at Northwestern until they started having to chase the budget money. Um, You know, you look at some of the schedules they had to play. Um, You know, they played Gonzaga a couple years ago, back-to-back games in Spokane. That's all you need to know about the challenges he was facing, and then they get in South and Conference play, and they were competitive. Um, it's just um, he was just a tremendous player at Tech, and even better as a basketball coach. But um, just a just one of those guys. You know, I, I spoke to Lynn Rollins about Mike. He was the radio voice of the Demons for so many years, and he said, you know, he's truly the coach you want your kids to play for, and that's high praise for anybody. John, appreciate your time. As always, brother, keep up the tremendous work that you're doing there with your weekly columns for the Town Talk and thetowntalk.com, and we'll talk to you next Thursday, bud. Sounds good, Ray. Have a good weekend. You too, bud. Got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up our number one. We'll update that poll question of the day. Five names will grab the microphone, say something phenomenal. That's all coming up right here. You're listening to RP3 and Company. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
RP3 came to the station this morning to do only two things. Kick some ass and drink some beer. Looks like we're almost out of beer. Well, it's kind of early for the latter, isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Maybe just a root beer or some flavored water. Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, the Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, Megan the Stallion, the Doja Cat, just to name a few. That's Kevin Foote's favorite artist. That's Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to May 22nd in Gulf Shores. Win VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's check in on our poll question of the day. We, who needs to win their weekend conference series more? All three of these teams are struggling the last week and a half or two weeks. All three of them could use a weekend series victory to kind of help turn things around. But who needs it more? Right now, 57% of you say the Raging Cajuns taking on South Alabama. They need to win that series more. 43% say LSU at Florida. No votes yet for McNeese versus Houston Baptist University. Steve on the Twitter says, this coach doesn't get it. It's World Series or bust. Not, not let's everybody get familiar with each other. Embarrassing to say the least. SEC isn't the Pac-10. It just means more. Steve is salty. Salty Steve. My man came in with the salt. JPK, the OD, says, who cares? Only 35 days, 12 hours, 32 minutes, and 17 seconds until the NFL draft. (laughs) Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming as well. Something phenomenal. Yes! You play along so well. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. It's hour number two. It has arrived with a bow on. It's ready to go. It's ready to give you greatness. It's what we're going to do this hour. 
I'm the big, bald, and beautiful host. Slightly sunburnt and sore host of RP3 and Company. I'm joined here in the studio by a woman who is by no means someone that's going to give you the business. She is by no means someone that is sassy beyond recognition. Did you just do two snaps and a twist? Is that what you just did over there in the chair? I said, what's that? <laughs> Producer extraordinaire, hand of five names. <laughs> Hello. How's it going over there? How did you how, how did you think we did in hour number one? Do you feel like it was the right start? Did you th- do you believe we set the right tone to today's show? Um, I think it was an okay hour. Wow. Because like the computer's frozen, and um, wow, for some reason the intro like, rejoined in play. So it's going all right. This hour will be better. I mean, Next I was phenomenal though. I, I was phenomenal. Yeah. Right off the bat. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I mean, you you dropped the ball, but I was. Yeah. I put me. together a legendary performance. Yeah, just me. Always. <laughs> Always with the ball. Uh, five names. What are we going to do with you? Um, Keep me, I hope. Till Jim Rome steals me. Till Jim Rome steals me. This is what the five name says. You you want to go work for Rome, do you? That's the dream. That's the, that that's that's your goal, to one day that type of success. Yes, him exactly. Probably not. <laughs> he frightens me a little bit. He frightens you a little bit. She says. Oh, we have a poll question of the day: Who needs to win their weekend baseball series more? Is it LSU at Florida? Is it UL taking on South Alabama, USA? Or is it McNeese hosting Houston Baptist University? You could make a compelling argument for all three. LSU drops the midweek game last night to Louisiana Tech. Second time they've lost to the Bulldogs this season. Pitching was wolf-tastic. They give up a bunch of runs early. They rally to tie, and then they give themselves a two-run cushion. Heading to the ninth inning. And the LSU bullpen goes, nah, that's not good enough. And they proceed to walk seven batters from the ninth inning to the twelfth. Seven They lose the game. Jay Johnson's team can hit. But to Salty Steve's point that he made on the poll question of the day, we're getting to the end of March here. The the time to figuring out if everyone, you know, giving everyone a bunch of playing time and everything, it, it, it may be time to put that to bed. It may be time to put that to bed. It may be time to go, okay, these are the guys. These are my main guys. This is who I'm going to roll with. Everyone else has to be put on the bench. Once again, Louisiana Tech's a good program. Louisiana Tech looks like a team to me that's going to be playing in NCAA regional. But after losing the SEC opener and then losing again here, you still have the big question marks 
with pitching one, two is defense. And now I have to go on the road to Florida. Still plenty of time to turn things around, but those big question marks and concerns you had about the LSU baseball team to start the season and early in the season, guess what? It's still here as we near April. Cajuns had the same problems. Had the same problems. They don't play consistent enough. Nichols is a good program, but if you're the Cajuns, you should be beating Nichols. Plain and simple. And after getting swept by Troy to open up Sunbelt Conference play, Matt Deggs' team drops a game to Nichols. They lose it in walk-off fashion. They're a couple games below 500 overall now. And they get to bring in arch-rival nemesis from way back. The rivalry is not as salty as it used to be, but it is their biggest rival in baseball the South Alabama Jaguars come to town. Now, you're going to be at the Teague. You're going to be at home. That could be an advantage, but the same issues, lack of consistent play and bullpen reared their ugly heads yet again. And for McNeese, they're young as well. They have issues. They had 25 errors so far this season. They had six over the weekend against Eastern Illinois where they lost that series at home. And they didn't have a midweek game because they got straight out canceled due to the weather. So they begin Southland Conference play this weekend against Houston Baptist. You could make the argument that all three teams need to win their weekend series. You can make a compelling argument for all three. That's our poll question of the day. Who needs to win their weekend conference series more? Right now, it's 50-50 split between LSU and UL. Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming as well on Facebook and Twitter for our poll question of the day. But let's head out to the hotline and welcome on the Mr. Green, a.k.a. Jamie, joins us. Good morning, bud. How are you? Good morning, Mr. Third. I'm doing all right. How are y'all on this beautiful morning? Beautiful. Living the dream. Got to wake up this morning. Got to come to work. Now I'm talking to you. How could it not be a great day, Jamie? Fair enough. Fair enough. It makes <laughs> it a good day when I get to talk to you guys and hear Miss Ms. Uh, Ms. Five Names talk about going over to Mr. Rome. I mean, it breaks my heart that you would want to go, but at the same time, that would be pretty epic. It would be pretty epic. And then she can feud with Jim about how the steak needs to be prepared. <laughs> right, and, and, how, and how to cook rice. Um. So, oh, he could help on. himself. He could help himself. Things were going so nice. It was so <laughs> nice between Mr. Green and five names. And then he just has to sli- slide in that little piece of shade there. Oh, man, she's, man, she's, put, she's put on the hoodie now. Oh, look what you've done, Jamie. <laughs> look what you've done. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Miss Five Names. I do love you. I really do. Like, in that platonic <laughs> way, because I know that you're engaged. I'm married with a kid and all this. I do love you in that platonic way. Um, <laughs> I wanted to go in on the poll question today, and I'm going to go against the grain a little bit and say, from my point, my standpoint, it's McNeese. And I say this, number one, uh, is that you need to get your wins where you can, and you need to beat Houston Baptist because you're going to be going multiple series against uh, Southeast Louisiana, who just recently beat the number one team in the country. Yeah, the Lions are good. And you're going to be going – 
and you're going to be going against Northwestern State, who they're they're inconsistent as well. But they beat a top rank or a top ten rank OU earlier in the year. So Southland isn't just a rollover conference. There's a reason they say Southland's strong. And while they might not be able to go against uh, Power Five schools day in and day out, they could still put the fear of God in them from time to time. So McNeese needs to be ready to, to fight and get that ship righted because otherwise it's going to be a long, long season for the cow, the cow folks. So that's all I got. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Jamie. See, I, and that's part of the argument about McNeese because Southland's got some pretty good teams in it. And Northwestern State, they're inconsistent, but they're pretty good. Southeastern, Nichols shows you what they're capable of. UNO's always scrappy. It's not going to be easy. And remember last year when it came to McNeese, they did not have a great season overall. They caught fire late, and then they made their run in the Southland Conference Tournament to win the tournament and to clinch their second straight berth into an NCAA regional. So still got plenty of time for all three of those teams, but Jamie makes a good point, a compelling point about McNeese. And... uh even though he threw a little shade your way, he's still got nothing but love for you. So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? It's 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 a it's a dynamic between Jamie and you. You know, it's it's this uh yeah. it's it's like a passive aggressive love hate thing. Right? Yeah, it is. Right? You yeah. Know? Ever since him and I went against Chill the first time in <laughs> fancy football. It's been a little strained, but still strong. Damn you fantasy football. Right. <laughs> Actually, when do we start again? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm gonna be better this time. You're gonna be better this time. Yeah. Oh, that's that's I'm adorable. Do research and everything. Oh, that's that's good. Will I be James? Probably not. I want to try. You want to take down the Meshinator? Yes. I mean, I love. The enthusiasm. I love the confidence. I love the fact that you're setting lofty goals. But maybe, maybe instead of trying to take down the Meshinator, the fantasy football champion and fantasy football expert that we have in house, maybe your goal should be win more of your matchups than lose them this year. That, or, that would or, be key. or get to be in the playoffs. That would also be key. Yeah. But let's let's try that. Let's try that. You know what? He sent this little like picture or whatever to all people that he like beat. He never sent one to me. Oh, see, he was sparing your feelings. I know. But we're on an even level playing field that he should go and be no. all right to send me a picture no. like that and break no. my heart. No, he he took it easy on you because it was your first time. See, he was doing the noble thing. He was sparing your feelings. He made everyone feelings. make fun of me the entire draft because <laughs> it's my first time playing, and I was just picking random players. <laughs> Even though I still picked the number one, at the time, number one quarterback. <laughs> oh, five names. You'll get them this year. I will. Yes. I'm going to put in Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't no, do that. I won't do that. Don't do that. No, that's bad. That's no. bad. That's, that's bad. I'm picking Mahomes this time. That punk. That punk? Oh, yeah. Kevin Foote will love to hear you say that. He went and like, he got me like 40 points one week and then like two weeks later, eight. I'm like, what are you doing? 
and he surprisingly didn't respond. No. Well, that's that's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> we got to take a time out. Keep voting on that poll question of the day. <laughs> oh, when we return. Whew. I attempted to play golf yesterday in a pro-am for the second straight week. How did we do? Well, we'll talk about that next. We'll also take your phone calls. Hotline's open all hour long. You want to get those phone calls in, now's the time. Because we got back-to-back-to-back guests in hour number three. You want to get those phone calls in, do so now. Hotline is open, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here on RP3 and Company, we talk about the sports you know and love baseball, football, basketball, and soccer. Isn't this great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. Okay, maybe not soccer. But we'll try to do our best. Back to more knowledgeable sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Lafayette Marble and Granite is the South's largest cultured marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. LMG provides more than show-stopping marble countertops, though, for your kitchens, bathrooms, and man caves. They also offer custom shower installations, including new grout-free showers. That's right. LMG offers low-maintenance showers without the mess and odor of grout. It is all about the convenience. Visit their website, lmgelite.com, to learn more about all the sensational services and what products they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every Wednesday. Visit lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com. Or simply stop by their showroom located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford, Lafayette, Marble, and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, Earn it, they will. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Who needs to win their weekend conference series more? 48% of you say UL taking on South Alabama. 43% say LSU at Florida. And 9% of you say McNeese versus Houston Baptist University. Let's get to some comments. Ton on the Twitter says, The way LSU fans are, it's definitely LSU. (laughs) Fans will turn on the Tiger staff. If there is an immediate success or what means success in their eyes. Yes, LSU baseball fan is an impatient one. I think that's fair to say. They have expectations where they believe the program is still playing baseball in 1993. It is not. It's more difficult these days to go back to the College World Series year in, year out. The days of Gorilla Ball, the days of Cal State Fullerton and Miami and LSU and Texas being there every year is just doesn't exist anymore. The game's changed. But LSU fans, they're not <clears throat> the most patient when it comes to their Tigers on the diamond. <laughs> just saying. They, they have high expectations. Nothing wrong with that. Just saying. A little impatient. 
Brad on Twitter says LSU Tigers need to build their resume to get an at-large bid in case they don't win the SEC tournament. The only chance the other two have is to win their conference tournament. Tad on Twitter says, he says, the Rich Eisen show is where you want to be, not that other guy, LOL. <laughs> Tad says, you should have better aspirations. He said, you should not aspire to be on the Jim Rome show, five names. You should aspire to be on the Rich Eisen show. Would you care to respond to Tad's tweet? I don't know who that is. Rich Eisen works for the NFL Network, used to be on ESPN for like 20 years, oh. has the Rich Eisen show. Well, I'd hope he had the Rich Eisen show. Which is, on, is Rich Eisen. Which, which is on radio and television. Well-regarded sports talk show host. I'll look into that. <laughs> Famous because he started making a deal where even as a old, you know, middle-aged man, he'd go run the 40-yard dash at the combine in dress shoes to embarrass himself. I'll get into that. Sorry, Tad. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Uh, it that that may not happen, Tad. That may not happen. Yeah, kind of stuck with all the I can show see. I can see. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see you in the interview process. Yeah, and uh, what's the show about again? Is this like? Who are you? <laughs> is this? Are you Maury Povich? No, no, no. This is wrong. This is so wrong. Keep those folks coming. <laughs> On the poll question of the day. You're ridiculous, by the way. It's fine. I'm young. I don't know things. It's fine. It's fine. I don't know things. <laughs> I'm trying, guys. <laughs> so hard that I buy myself a little scorebook for baseball and softball. Yes, she is trying to learn. That's good proud of you yeah i want there to be a big book that says sports for dummies but there's like a sports for dummies for each sport i'm like no i want one big one that's all sports in one i don't want to pay 20 bucks for each sport (laughs) (laughs) oh man oh so i golfed yesterday you did Mm. it was it was an experience did you do better or worse than last time? I did. I did slightly worse. Oh, yay. It was. The wind was not kind to me. Huh? I can't tell you how many times I. So I, I'm the classic type, just like last week, where the first nine holes, I'm usually not very good. But when I get to the back nine. <clears throat> And yesterday, we teed off on 10. So we teed off on 10, and then we came around, and our back nine was actually one through nine. I started playing well, or better, not well. Well is a relative term. Yeah, I started playing better for myself. And I had a couple opportunities. I had, I had an opportunity for a birdie putt. I, of course, two-putted. And I had a, a couple other opportunities at par putts, and I missed those as well. There were long putts, though. Um, but I did help the team because I was the guy that would always go first, so I would miss my putt, but you can read putts. You can read how the green is. So I was like the sacrificial lamb for the team. So I would go up there, and they'd be like, hey, come on up. And I was like, all right, I, I know I know my job. So I would go up there, and they would try to, okay, try to hit it this way. 
and I would put it and I would miss it. But I would give all the other three guys in our group a better read at making their putt. So I helped them. So that was my contribution. <laughs> Cracking jokes, driving one of the carts around, BSing with our contest winner, who will be joining us next hour, Murphy Walton from Rain. And who, by the way, keeps he kept telling me that he's like a CPA, like he's an accountant and all this other stuff. And I'm like, really? You play like this? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Because he played well. And the wind was an absolute animal. I'm telling you, if the wind is like that for the tournament, there's going to be no low scores. <laughs> because the wind coming off the lake just was. There's well, there's not a spot on the golf course where you didn't have to deal with wind. Yeah. And it's a wide open. Like, okay, so you came out to Latron. You don't know that much about golf. So you came out to Latron. And you know how it was very tight. Right, and there was a ton of trees everywhere between all the holes and the fairways and everything like that, right? Well, the country club at the Golden Nugget is a Lynx course. It's wide open. There's no trees. But it's just like tall, tall grass, big, huge patches of tall grass and tons of sand. Bunkers everywhere. Bunker, 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 bunker. And wind and tall grass. So it's a link style course. So you got far more space to hit into the fairway, but the wind will carry your ball like it did for me <sighs> into the grass. Lost eight balls. There was a stretch. I lost two balls on one hole. I hit it into two different things of water. I did have a great drive. I forget. I, I marked it down. I'm trying to figure well, Let's see where it is. Mark it down here. I had a great drive on one hole. Let's see. Oh, it was hole three. So we're playing. It was the back nine for us, but it was hole three. And I drove the hell out of that ball. 200 yards. Perfectly straight. But the problem was is that we had to tee off, and you had to tee off at an angle over water. So instead of teeing straight down the fairway, the tee box was pointed to the right, and you had to clear water in a bridge. I nearly hit the bridge and went in right into the water. There was a lot of that yesterday for me. <laughs> but we had a ton of, but I was the range finder. So we get to one hole and I'm sitting there and I've, I'd, I'd gone through a bad stretch of losing balls. Like I'd lost like four balls already. And it was like four holes, like four or five holes. I'd already lost four or five balls. And I was like, man, this is brutal. So I'm sitting there. And there's this big area of just tall grass, seagrass. And I'm like, and I see something in there. And I'm like, it's a ball. It's buried. Got that ball. I found four balls in that, in that patch. It's about the size of the studio. I was just walking around finding balls. So I made up with balls. But then I lost some of those. But then I found some more and some more of the tall grass later on. So I actually ended up coming home with roughly the same amount of balls as that I went to the... I didn't even have to open up the sleeve of new balls that I brought. I didn't have to do that. But that you brought a new sleeve of balls is hilarious. Because you lost somebody the last time. <laughs> you had to bring a new set. I never claimed to be good at this game. Not once have I ever claimed to be good at golf. But did you ever say that 
in two pro-ams in two pro-ams i lost 16 balls eight eight each 16 16 in the drink or in the woods or in vegetation gone forever but i probably found about five or six just this last time so i'll take that as a win man i'll take that as a win so you found five or six which means then you actually lost like 10 or 11. You know what's better <laughs> than losing eight? What? Only losing like three. I look at the percentages. That's a good day at the office for you, boy. But I had a ton of fun. Beautiful course, by the way. Beautiful course. But if the wind is going to be that way all weekend, ooh, even the golfers, even the two pros that we played with, they were like, this wind is something. I was like, yeah. But beautiful course. They did it up big. We got some nice pro-am gifts. They fed us. Oh yeah, well, where the was the pro-am gift? Couple of different gift cards. Okay. And a uh, very thick wooden cutting board with the uh, Lake Charles Championship emblem uh, burned into the top of it. It's yeah. very nice. It's very nice. They had valet parking because it's right there at the Golden Nugget. So you just pull up. They're like, "Oh, sir, can I take this for you?" Like, sure. By all means. I'm important. Sure. No, not really. I have you all fooled. <laughs> oh. ah. But no, it was a great time. It was a great time. Had a ton of fun, though. Had a ton of fun. I mean, it looks pretty. I'm still not seeing the golf course part, but. We will have a gallery from yesterday's Pro Am with our group. We'll be posting that later this morning. You'll be able to find that on the social medias, on the Facebook, on the Twitter. I'll post some on my personal Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Oh, it has a lot of bunkers. Oh, it has so many bunkers. It has so many bunkers. Look at three, just one hole. And they have the bunkers that have the tall grass in them too. So not only do you hit like I did once yesterday. So on one of our final holes, I hit it into the bunker on the right. But so here's the fairway, cart path right beside it to its right. Then the bunker starts, but it's filled with grass. The big tall, I'm talking tall grass, like four or five feet tall, high. And then there's a big, massive bunker. Well, I find my ball. It's laid up in the bunker. I'm like, I'm going to play this. I'm going to hit it back into the fairway so I can try to get on the green for up and down. I then proceed to chip it right into the tall grass and lose the ball. See, I would just go and just keep going back from bunker to bunker to bunker to bunker the entire way I did, down. I, I, did, I did that. I did that at Lake Trail. I was bunker to bunker. Yeah. It was a good time, though. Good time. Good time. Was very happy to be part of the Lake Charles Championship's first pro-am. And us as a team with our pros, we did pretty good. I think we shot 15 under. Par. So, we didn't win it. Get you. But, you know, I played my role. I played my part. <laughs> I did. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we'll keep taking your phone calls. Game hotline is open 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. How about the new men's basketball coach at LSU? You want to hear from him? You want to hear from Brian Kelly? They both held price conferences yesterday. We'll recap that coming up next. You're listening. 
to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves, just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beamed twice in the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish boil. Brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot, a burner, a paddle, an ice chest, a tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card. And on top of it, we're throwing in Astros tickets. What? Ultimate crawfish boil and Astros tickets? What is going on around here? It's the ultimate crawfish bowl. And you can win this bad boy. Be the envy of your neighborhood, your family. Sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Ooh, that's a good that's a good prize package five names so much to love there so much to love and I wonder if it's like a certain date for the Astros tickets or you get to pick the date because maybe they can come with us me and I go what road trip let's go let's make it happen I don't know who, who gets the tickets out so we might need to ask them first <laughs> um but <laughs> By the way, yes. I sent you something for you to watch when we have some downtime today. You are going to enjoy what I sent you. I see what you sent me. That's right. Will I you sent actually her... bring it to work for me to watch it? Probably not. Wow. Wow. Wow, five names. Wow. I'll have to find it. It's in my video should cabinet. I, tell, I should tell Tina. I tell Tina. She'll find it. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She, she she goes. How's this organized? I get uh, I'm, I, I get OCD about our movies. My daughter will just go in there. And she'll and my wife will just go in there. And it's all over the place. I was like, those are action movies. Why they're with the kids' movies? There, there there's a rhyme and reason why how I organize this. What oh, are we mine doing are in all here? All in alphabetical order. <laughs> See, there we go. Yes, I sent her the trailer for Roadhouse, starring Patrick Swayze. We talked about it yesterday because you uh, revealed that you had not seen Roadhouse. So no. I feel like it's my duty as your boss, as the person that we share the airwaves uh, with, um, as just a human being, to make sure that you are exposed to the greatness that is Roadhouse. 
And what's funny is that the guys in the background, they're black shirts, although they're like their roadhouse shirts too, which is kind of funny. Like Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> Not Texas, different type of roadhouse. I know. But I was saying, <laughs> you look at it, they, they look like their shirts. Oh, man. Hey, while we have a few minutes here, let's talk a little LSU. Two press conferences for the price of one yesterday. First up was Brian Kelly the new LSU football coach, and he had plenty to say. Spring football kicks off this week for the Tigers. And he discussed a slew of different things, injuries, how guys are, competitions, so forth and so forth. And let's start off with his mindset for this spring season and how it's all about for him taking over the Tigers program. It's all about building this team from the ground up and doing so with intense competition. As we build this roster, our job, my job, is to build competition at every position. If you don't like competition, this isn't the place for you. I came down here because I love competition. So it starts with me, and it's going to run through every position. If competition is not what you like, then there's another school for you. And so at every position, we're going to build it with competition. If you love to compete, LSU's the place for you. There you go. If you want to compete, LSU's going to be the place for you. And he further went in to, to talk about, look, he's viewing this spring practice maybe a little bit differently. A lot of times fans view spring practice as nothing. They're like, uh, who cares? Who cares about the spring game? Coaches care about it because it gives them the opportunity to kind of go through things. And he further went on to that point of saying, look, you can't have the mindset heading into spring practice not wanting competition, not wanting to compete. First and foremost, that, that you're healthy, right? You don't want any kind of injuries that impact your roster. Having said that, you can't go into a spring practice um, afraid to compete. Uh, I, we're going to go into it, and we're going to compete. We're going to tackle. We're going to do the things that you need to, to to develop, as I mentioned, total preparation and the technical and tactical end of things. So there you go. Look, he's taking over the program, and even though there may have been guys that may have been stars or may have been impact players last season or the last two seasons, he's wanting to put his stamp on this. It's a new head coach. It's a new coaching staff. All you understand what I'm saying here? So it has to be open competition because LSU has been mediocre at best the last two years. They won a national title and they've been average. They've been Missouri for the last two years. That's not the standard for LSU. And Kelly knows that. And he wants to turn this thing around in a hurry. And he knows that it has to be wide open competition. Everyone has to be pushed and pushed and pushed. And you know what? Pushed some more during this spring season. I like that. I like that idea. I like how he's taking on that mindset. Quarterback competition is going to be the one that's going to keep have a lot of people have their eyes on, right? You got Walker Howard there, the former STM Cougar. He enrolled early. You got Garrett Nussmeyer left over. Miles Brennan came back out of the transfer portal. They brought in another transfer from Arizona State. It should be wildly entertaining. And Kelly talked about how they're going to split up the time for each quarterback during spring practice. Number one question that should be asked is, um, how do you figure this out? Um, it probably 
was the one area that I spent more time with with Mike and and Joe than you know what concept are we putting in in the passing game? We're we're going to go seniority to start uh, one through four, first in to last in, and then you know the next time it might be uh, last last in to to first in until we get into a a rhythm you know that allows everybody to get enough reps where you can start to break those out but you got to give it enough work you know before you can start parceling them out we talked about earlier on the show and you heard it in the two-minute drill about Keyshawn Boutte and and Kelly talked about how he's in a walking boot he had to have a second surgery on that ankle injury that derailed his season ended his season prematurely last year the Tigers sensational wide receiver former Westgate high star but that's not the only local flavor on the team elite neighbors is also there former Como high star at wide receiver and Jack Besh you know the former STM Cougar who lined up in that hybrid role for the team last year as a freshman kind of tight end wide receiver role and coach Kelly talked about the former Cougar and the multiple mindsets that he has I'd say first and foremost, his confidence level is his mental, you know, approach to the game is like a senior. He just has, he understands the difference between, you know, a preparation mindset and a performance mindset. Like when he prepares, he knows how to prepare, but when it's time to perform, it's a totally different level. That, that's a rare attribute. And you don't see it a lot. I've seen it in only some high-level NFL guys that have played for me. He just It's a unique trait that he has. So spring football kicks off. They're going to get things rolling right along. in LSU spring game is later because they've started a little bit later. It's going to be later than McNeese and UL. Uh, the Cajuns and the Cowboys are having their spring game on the same day. And then LSU is going to be a few weeks afterwards. So spring football, Brian Kelly wants competition. He wants the guys to be pushed, and he wants to see what they have. And obviously we have a lot of local flavor on there. Malik Neighbors, Jack Besh, Walker Howard, Kayshawn Butte. You know, there's a lot of local guys there from Acadiana on the roster this year. So they're going to get to work and try to make an impression for their new head coach brian kelly we got to take a time out when we return we're going to hear from the new men's basketball coach he had his opening press conference yesterday as well we got brian kelly at noon with the new basketball coach at two we'll share some of what he had to say with you next you're listening to rp3 and company right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station Uh, do you want to see some of the most elite dunkers and exceptional ball handlers on the planet? The world-famous Harlem Globetrotters are returning to the Cajun Dome on Tuesday, April 5th, and you can see them live. That's right. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, is giving away a four-pack of tickets for the family-friendly show. How do you win? Simply text TROTTER to 68683 to win tickets to see the Globetrotters. Once again, text TROTTER. That's T-R-O-T-T-E-R to 68683 to win a family four-pack of tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters live at the Cajun Dome, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
We heard from new LSU football coach Brian Kelly as they open up spring football this week before the timeout. Now we're going to hear from the new men's basketball coach brought in to bring some stability and kind of clean up things because Will Wade was fired for multiple NCAA violations. And they're going to be facing probation. They're going to be facing a whole lot of things, which is why they gave him a seven-year contract, the man from Murray State, who's had an immense amount of success there. And he was asked point blank yesterday, you know, they've already had guys decommit. They've already had guys pull their recruitment. And you know there's going to be turnover with the roster because a lot of those guys wanted to play for Will Wade and now are not going to be interested in playing for a new coach. Typically, that's how that works. But Coach Max said yesterday he just explained how he's going to try to keep the players that are here to stay. I was top priority. Hit the ground running from the second I got the job. So uh, I think that's very important. It's all about getting the right people on the bus. And we're going to work to establish those relationships. I don't expect someone to walk in and shake my hand in 30 seconds and have trust established. But we're going to work to do that. I'm going to lay out a vision for how we're going to run our program and how it's going to benefit these young men on and off the basketball court. I have great confidence in that. So I want people who want to be here. I don't know why you wouldn't want to be here. And that's how we're going to build it. So I think that's a critical piece. Roster management who you hire on your coaching staff are, are my two biggest priorities, with number three being, and I've already gotten to do a lot of this, meeting great people here. He was also asked about, you know, taking over a program that's going to be more than likely facing scholarship reductions and postseason probation. And he was asked if he had any concerns or, you know, uh, apprehension of taking the job, and this is what he had to say. This is LSU. One of the great brands in all the sports. This is the SEC. We've built a program with elite players, and we're going to continue to do that here at LSU. I'm excited to move the program forward, and we're going to build it with great players, great people, and everyone in our organization. And so no concerns there at all. I'm excited about this opportunity of a lifetime, and we're ready to roll. And he further explained why he was so excited, why he is so excited, so pumped up about being the new head man of the LSU men's basketball program. Uh, what I loved about this opportunity uh, was the chance to win at the highest level, to compete for championships, uh, to be a part of a passionate fan base, uh, to be a part of this Baton Rouge community, and to be out front in the entire state of Louisiana. Said all the right things. Sounded good. He's got the record. He doesn't come in there with any, you know, any hint of controversy, any hint of violations. Could be the guy that could not only lead LSU through a difficult time, which is going to be coming, but also maybe lead them to some more success, even more success than Will Wade brought them. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three jam-packed. Back-to-back-to-back guest. And we'll kick it off with Les East of CrescentCitySports.com. Talking Saints, talking Pels. That's next right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Hey. 
everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, the third hour has arrived. We're dancing. We're dancing. I'm dancing. Five names is not dancing. Just RP3's dancing. It's all right. Look, sometimes if you don't, look, if you just don't have the soul to dance whenever you have the opportunity to do so, I can't help you. I can help you many things. How to sound better on a microphone. How to write game stories. How to be more knowledgeable with sports. But if you don't want to take part in the dancing, if you want to be more like the dad from Footloose and hate on dancing, then there's only so much I can do with you, Five Names. It's only so much I can do. Do you even know the Footloose reference? Because we found out yesterday you don't know about Roadhouse, which now I'm going to have to educate you on. Did you understand my Footloose reference? Yes, yes, I did. Okay, uh, did you see actually, the original Footloose with Kevin yes. Bacon? Not that awful remake they tried to make. I watched both of them, and actually, me and the rest of my bridesmaids are going to be doing the lion dance from Footloose at the wedding. Then if you love the Footloose, and if you love the dancing, why aren't you getting down with a jig inside the studio here in Upper Lafayette? I, I sit feel like it. <laughs> I dance the rest of the show, especially when like you're trying to get a time out and okay. then you just keep talking. When we when we come out of break later, when the great Gazzolo joins us in a half an hour from right now, mm-hmm. would that be a cause for dancing for you? Do you think you can turn it around and in about thirty minutes from right now be able to do some dancing when we come out of the break before we bring on the great Gazzolo? Is that possible? Um, because you've already let down less east. So you can't make that up now. I don't think the less is let down, but um, <laughs> I mean, I might be able to. Walk's a good song. Wow. Wow. Thanks for being enthusiastic about uh, having fun today on RP3 and Company. Appreciate you five names. I'll dance at the end and we go out. To yeah, after show. you're done messing with me, right? Yeah, well, because I like that last song. <laughs> Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Which college baseball team needs to win its weekend series more? All three have struggled of late. LSU, UL, McNeese. All three have big conference series this weekend. LSU on the road at Florida. Raging Cajuns are at home against Arch Nemesis, South Alabama. The Jaguars come to town. And McNeese is at home against Houston Baptist to open up Southland Conference play. Who needs it more? That's our poll question of the day. Go vote on that right now. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean. We don't want the social media police on you. Right now, 59% of you say it's the Raging Cajuns Jaguar series. Cajuns need to win more. 35% of you say LSU. Only 6% say McNeese. 
Hart on Twitter has chimed in. Two things we love in Louisiana, our sports and our food. Can we petition to have one day a week with a food-related poll question of the day? I always enjoy them, and the rabbit hole, it brings y'all down. And then he shared a gift from Roadhouse. Shout out to Hart! Yes! We did do our food poll question of the day yesterday, which is all about how there's how you enjoy your steak being cooked. I like this idea, Hart. Maybe we should make a food-related poll question of the day one day a week. Five I'm days. down with it. Down with the it. same day either. It'll be a different day each time. Oh, keep it. We'll, we'll, keep people on their toes. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know who's good on their toes? A man who is good at adjusting to breaking news left and right and is also, I've been told, a hell of a man to find on the dance floor. It's our next guest. The award-winning columnist, reporter for ChristmasCitySports.com. He covers the Saints. He covers the Pels. He does high schools. He does it all. And he puts up with our shenanigans every Thursday. It's our good friend, Les East. Les, good morning, brother. How are you? I'm doing well, Raymond. You you can't see this. Y'all can't see this. But uh, I've just been dancing up a storm while on hold. <laughs> You're always... Uh, that's why we love you, Les. You're always a good sport. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bud, let's dive right into the Saints. Uh, they bring back uh, famous Jameis. Uh, that seems to be the right move to do. Um, how surprised are you that there were other teams interested in Jameis, in particular the Colts? How surprised were you that even after they openly flirted with Deshaun Watson, that they were still able to get a deal done with Jameis? And on top of it, it is a pretty team-friendly deal uh, as well. Yeah, well, that tells me a couple of things. One, that um, there might not have been a great deal of interest on Jameis in the open market. He did talk to the Colts, but there were so many um, big-name quarterbacks who aren't coming off knee injuries like he is who were, and and in some cases still are, the talk of uh, trade possibilities. Of course, Deshaun Watson being the one locally, but also uh, you had the trickle-down effect with Matt Ryan, and then you had Russell Wilson earlier, and then um, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is still uh, in the mix, and there have been others. And so I think maybe Jameis didn't find as live a market as um, maybe he and his agent had hoped would be out there, um, just because it was an unusually active market for quarterbacks in, in trades as well as free agency. And then it, it appears to me that the Saints and, and Winston's people um, showed each other a lot of respect and, and kept in touch and that there was a mutual interest uh, in him coming back, but there was also an interest in Jameis seeing what was out there, in the Saints seeing what was out there. In the case of Deshaun Watson, and they, I think they, both sides did a good job of not um, overreacting um, to the realities of the NFL and understanding that everybody's got to look out for their own interests. But that doesn't mean you can't come together in the end if it's in everybody's best interest. And I think uh, to Jameis's credit and to the Saints, uh, after the, the Watson thing fell through, after Jameis did not uh, find a deal with the Colts, 
that they came back together, and uh, the, I, I think it's a deal that's satisfying to both sides, and I think it shows that both sides handled it in a very professional, unemotional manner. He also fits in with the culture of the locker room, well-respected by his teammates. The coaching staff likes him, and they believe in him as well. Bringing back Winston on the two-year deal less and having Dennis Allen take over for Sean Payton as head coach, does this mean that Taysom Hill is no longer even going to be remotely in the mix at quarterback, that he's just going to go back to that joker role that he's the best at? Yeah, I think so. I think he's out of the picture, at least in terms of competing for the starting position. I think as a part of that joker role, maybe the most important part is um, playing some snaps at quarterback. So I think he's still going to take snaps in the shotgun and maybe under center as part of what he's done in the past. But, uh, yeah, I think in terms of competing for the starting position, uh, that that ship has sailed. Now he may, um, if something were to happen to Jameis and he were to miss some snaps or even games, then I think there's a good chance Taysom goes back and is the number two guy. He might be less likely to fill in during a game, as we saw last year when Jameis got hurt against Tampa. But if there were a need to switch quarterbacks for multiple games, I think he would still be in the mix for that, probably would be the guy. But uh, I don't think he's really competing for the starting quarterback position anymore. All right. Where do they go from here now? Because they have so much room underneath the salary cap, and there's so much activity this offseason with uh, free agent signings and players being traded left and right. We're talking nine players with a combined 39 Pro Bowls traded within a span of 16 days this offseason, which is crazy to me. Uh, the Saints lost a couple guys in free agency, so where do they go from here and with the draft, Les? Well, they got a couple of priorities, I think. There are a lot of ways, there's a lot of positions they, they need to address, but I think there are, the, the two things they have to look at right now are is there a tackle they can bring in now that Teron Armstead has signed with Miami? Uh, doesn't mean they go out and spend a gazillion dollars to get a, a, a free agent tackle, uh, but it does mean they have to look at their options, maybe a mid-level uh, tackle to come in and compete. They, they could sign a left tackle. They could move Ryan Ramchek to left tackle and sign a right tackle. I think right now that their preference would be to leave Ram check where he's at, but they're going to look at all their options at tackle. That's something they, they definitely want to explore. That's something that could be on the table in the first round of the draft also. And wide receiver remains a huge priority for them. Uh, that I, I still think they need to bring in multiple wide receivers, uh, free agency trades, the draft, and, and that the market for wide receivers is generally considered pretty strong. In all three areas, we've already seen Tyreek Hill and Amari Cooper and, and others traded. Been a lot of movement among wide receivers, uh, but there's still some some action that can happen there. So I think those are their two priorities, which they figured to be going in. If they weren't going to be able to resign Armstead, it was going to be tackle and wide receiver. I still think they they probably need a tight end somewhere. They probably need some depth in the secondary. Uh, they, they can use some depth in a lot of areas, but tackle and wide receivers still stand out 
above all the rest. Who are some of the guys that are out there on the free agent market that they could possibly afford? Because, I mean, Armstead gets $80 million to go play for the Dolphins, and as tough as he is and as great of a player he is, he has injury issues in his career, yet he still gets $80 million. Is there going to be a tackle out on the market that the Saints can even afford to bring in, Wes? Well, there, there could be. Uh, it's going to be a little tricky. That, that's why I say that they're not necessarily going to be able to bring in a starting left tackle. I mean, as you can see in Tehran's case, uh, despite the injuries, the, the cost for a good starting left tackle in the NFL is through the roof. And if they could have afforded to do that, they would have kept Tehran. Um, so, uh, they're going to have to look down the line for somebody who's going to come in a lot cheaper. Now, they do have some options on the roster. They have James Hurst, who has played a lot of games the last two years. Uh, when Armstead was hurt, he played left tackle. When Pete was hurt, he played some left guard. When Ramchek was hurt, he played some right tackle. He may have even played some right guard in there. He's a very versatile guy. Uh, an important backup player, not a great starting left tackle. Otherwise, he would have been doing that already. So he's not a guy that you just plug in and say, we'll, we'll just roll on like we never lost Teron Armstead. But he is a guy who has played well at times for them and somebody that they will uh, look at in the mix. They, they have Ethan Greenwich, uh, Greenwich, who's also – been on the roster, I think he's behind Hurst in, in terms of um, what he's been on the depth chart in recent seasons. And then they, they have Landon Young, the draft choice from Kentucky last year, who was a first-team All-SEC tackle his last year at Kentucky, and he was uh, performing pretty well last year. I think he was a six-round draft choice, and he was performing pretty well last year before he got hurt. So he's a young guy. I don't think they drafted him to be a starting tackle in year two, and yet I think he's somebody that they're going to take a look at um, as a potential contender to move into the starting lineup. And then the Ramcheck move, if it were to happen, I think could happen You know, as late as training camp because he's a veteran guy. He could probably handle that in relatively short order. So they have the rest of the off season, I think, to explore the market and also the draft for possibly adding somebody to the mix. But it's not out of the question that the replacement farmstead would come from within. Wrapping up our conversation with Les East of ChristmasCitySports.com. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, let's shift gears from the Saints and get you out of here with the Pelicans question. Uh, they've you know, four and six in their last 10, but a lot of other teams are that way as well. You know, here we are, the home stretch. They have an opportunity to lock up a spot in the play-in tournament, but they're banged up as well. What's your level of optimism here? Or rather, let me take that, pull that question back, Les. Let me ask you this instead. What does this team need to do in the final 10 games of the regular season to lock up a spot in the play-in tournament, in your opinion? Well, the simple answer is uh, they have to match San Antonio's record um, down the stretch. They're ahead of the Spurs for the last spot. I think Portland is uh, has been taken off of life support. 
even though the math doesn't say it, they're playing terrible. They got destroyed by the by the Spurs last night. So as long as they stay ahead of San Antonio, who they play Saturday night in the Smoothie King Center, they're in. Nothing else matters. So that's it. You know, match the San Antonio Spurs record in the last 10 games and you're in. Beyond that, it's the head-to-head. They get the Spurs here on Saturday, as I mentioned. They get the Lakers here on Sunday. They go to L.A. to play the Lakers later on. So if they take care of business in those head-to-head matchups, they're not only going to move closer to wrapping up one of the 10 spots or one of the four play-in spots, but they have a good chance to pass the Lakers. The Lakers lost to the Sixers last night. I think it, it may be back to a half a game uh, that they trail the Lakers by. The Lakers don't play again until they come here on Sunday. So the head-to-head stuff is extremely important. But the main thing is they have the 10th spot. They have a game-and-a-half lead on the Spurs. Just don't blow it. Just play well enough. And, and it doesn't take an 8-2 and two record the way these teams are playing. Uh, to get in there, just outplay the Spurs, beat them head to head, especially on Saturday if you can. You just beat them by about 30 in San Antonio last week, though I would expect the game Saturday to be much, much more difficult. But they, we expect to see Larry Nance Jr. for the first time tonight. I saw Brandon Ingram working one on one after practice yesterday. He looks to me like he's, if he doesn't play tonight, I think he's going to play over the weekend. So, uh, they're in very good shape. They just have to go out and play the way they played in San Antonio and Atlanta and for the most part in Charlotte on Monday night. And if they can play that way on most nights, they're going to be in the play-in. Les, appreciate your time as always, brother. Keep up the tremendous work that you're doing down there at ChristensCitySports.com, and we'll talk to you next week, bud. Thanks, Raymond. we got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, our contest winner, the man who got to witness the awfulness that is my golf game at the Lake Charles Championship Pro-Am, is going to join us next. Our guy from Rain, Louisiana, the accountant, which I think is just a cover-up for being an actual semi-pro golfer. Murphy Walton is going to join us live next right here. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 24th, 2002. Craig Perks of New Zealand chips in twice on the final three holes for his only PGA Tour career win, winning the PGA Players Championship at TPC Sawgrass. Perks beat Stephen Ames by two strokes. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, if you haven't signed up for the game clubhouse, you need to do so today. That's right, this morning. Make an appointment. Put it in the old note app. Put it in the calendar. It doesn't matter. Just need to take care of business. Sign up for the clubhouse. Because if you do, 
you'll have the opportunity to win great stuff, to score great stuff, like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. Take the lady out for a nice, fine dining experience involving great, fresh Gulf seafood, great atmosphere, Half Shell Oyster House, $50 gift certificate, but you can only win that by becoming a member of the Clubhouse Rewards. Go sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Once again, you can score a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, but you can only do so by becoming a member of our Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free to do so, so go sign up today. Yesterday was the Lake Charles Championship Pro-Am. I attempted to play golf. Was I the weak link in our foursome? You betcha. You know who wasn't? You know who at times carried our foursome, especially on the back nine? The man who won the Lake Charles Championship Pro-Am contest from the game. He's an accountant by day, but I do believe semi-pro golfer by night. From Rain, Louisiana, Murphy Walton now joins us here on RP3 and Company. Murph, how you feeling today, bud? You claimed you hadn't golfed in months, but you went out there and you tore up the course. Unlike what I did, I tore up the course, but I tore it up because I'm bad. You are actually good at golf. How you feeling this morning, bud? I'm doing well, man. I'm happy to be on this morning. <laughs> okay, so walk us through it. When you find out that you win the contest and that you're going to be you have a spot in the pro-am did you try to sneak in some rounds or at least some time at the range to shake off the rust so you could go out there and be impressive like you were yesterday oh yeah definitely uh, i used to play a lot of golf I, like we had mentioned I, I hadn't played much of the past year so i uh, definitely had to take a trip out to the wetlands do a little practicing hit some balls on the range and got one one round in last Saturday so uh, <clears throat> but yeah I had to had to do something to make sure that I didn't sneak it up when I went out there you also were at the uh party the soiree if you will the night before um how was that bud how was that how's that rubbing it, elbows with the corn fairy tour elite oh it was nice it was great food for sure they had you know they you know the, the whining and dining, but it was great to see some of the uh, some of the tour uh, pros are out there as well. Uh, I got mentioned Braden Thornberry. I know he played for Ole Miss, and I believe he won the national championship a few years ago. So uh, you know it was good to be in the presence of some some really good golfers. It, it, it was also a challenge for you because uh, tell the folks what you gave up for Lent and what was available for free at the soiree the night before. Oh yeah, I gave up drinking from that. So uh, it was it was a uh, <laughs> it was definitely a uh, a task to to not give in on that. But uh, I'm happy to announce that I succeeded and I didn't indulge. Yeah, and they also had uh, free drinks there in the clubhouse, and they were giving free drinks away along the course during the pro am. Bayou Rum right. was out there, and you're like, oh man, I gave up drinking for Lent. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. God was testing me, but I succeeded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, you did, bud. Yes, you did. Um, was that your first pro-am that you ever were able to take part in? It was, absolutely, yep. Yeah. First time. It was a great experience for sure. Um, what was more amusing, taking part in a pro-am and dealing with the wind on the course? Or, I'm sorry, let, let me rephrase that. What was more challenging? 
dealing with the constant wind that was on every single hole there at the country club at the Golden Nugget or dealing with the shenanigans of yours truly, RP3? I don't know, man. That's a, that's a tough race. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but either way, it was, it, was a, it was a good time. But, yeah, that, that, win, that win was no joke. And oh, then what's man. crazy is, you know, for those professionals, the wind was coming out the north, and then it looks like it's all going to be coming out the south now. So, hey, you know, to watch a pro hit a hit a driver in the three wood into a short par four is uh, something you don't see all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, they were not. Yeah, when it, it made you feel a little bit better, right? When you're seeing the pros out there with their caddies and they got the the most expensive clubs and they have all the experience, right? And they're out there and they're going, um, this wind, this wind is, this wind is something, (laughs) this wind is something else. Uh, I mean, it was so windy out there, uh, Murph, uh, that you could literally see your ball move while you, uh, before you were putting, like the wind was blowing that hard that your ball would sometimes be moving while it was laying on the green. Right, right. Yeah, and it, it, it was probably the first time I've ever experienced trying to putt the ball, the wind actually moving moving it off line by a foot or so. So, <laughs> you know, putting far enough as it is, you don't need all that extra craziness. Uh, all right, bud, uh, for, for, for me, obviously I was the weak link. I, I'm not good at the game of golf. But I do feel like I, you know, I, I was the guy. I was the glue guy yesterday for our foursome because uh, I was the guy that would go out there and putt first and give everyone else a great read at their uh, at their par putt or birdie putts. I mean, I, I should have been really the – I was the unsung hero yesterday, right? I mean, let's just be honest. Oh, I, absolutely. And, like, we had talked about it at the end. I, I know you really just kind of toned it down just to make sure that I felt better about myself, you know. I think that's where that was. You talked about that customer golf, right? Yes, the customer golf. Yes, the customer golf. Yeah, you know, look, it was my job to make you feel better about your game. You won the contest. How can I go out there and show up, everybody? That's not. That's not right. That's not. That's not good. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, you did a good job there. But 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 Murph, it. seriously, when you started seeing me lose like two balls on one hole, and we were only like through five holes, and I'd already lost five balls, what was going through your brain? You were you're probably thinking to yourself. Man, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give this guy some balls out of my bag because he's gonna run out. Is that the first thought that popped in your head? Yeah, yeah. But hey, hey, you you succeeded though. I think you ended up net positive. I think on one hole you found like eight and one one set of bushes. So you, uh, <laughs> I did. I did. You you were coming your uh, your status there. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying, brother. I'm trying. Um, we'll get I only a few more questions for you, Murph, and then we'll have to let you go. Uh. Sure. When you, I know. Look, it'd been a while since you'd been playing, and you have a good handicap, right? You're what eight, right? Eight or nine yeah. handicap? Yes, yeah, somewhere in that range, I would say. Yeah. And so you obviously you have a love for the game. Uh, when did you first get that love for the game of golf? Uh, when I was younger, a good friend of mine's dad, practically my dad, introduced me to the game, and uh, you know I used to enjoy <clears throat> going out there, trying to teach me how to hit a flop shot, a punch shot. And, you know, one of the things he said is when you start playing golf, you're either going to have to hit it under a tree or over a tree. So you better learn how to hit these two shots. But, uh, but I mean, I just never did really get good at golf. I was a baseball player, football player, and 
probably back in 2010, whenever those shins had gotten redone, whatever year that was, I started walking just to get exercise. I got a good set of clubs. I got a couple of lessons from David Garrett, the wetlands. And then I started playing on the little amateur golf tour. And the first time I played, I guess a competitive round of golf, if you will, I guess that's, that's whenever I really got hooked on it. Trying to play golf on a, on a, on a more competitive level is, uh, is another experience in itself. So I, I I have a lot of appreciation for what these professionals do because I can only imagine what it's like for them to play with all the fans and, and everything that they have to uh, endure. Bud, appreciate you making the time this morning. Keep up the great uh, work that you're doing with your business. Have great amount of success with that. And uh, I'll have to hit you up, and you'll have to give me some tips on how not to be the worst golfer on the course. How about that? Absolutely. Anytime, man. <laughs> Thanks for your time, bud. Have a, joy. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. That's Murphy. The Murph. Murphy Walton. Our Lake Charles Championship winner. He played really well yesterday. Played really well yesterday. Appreciate Murph for his time and congratulations on winning the contest. We got to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to go back out and talk some more Lake Chuck, but it'll be the McNeese Cowboys we're talking about. Jim Gazzolo, the great Gazzolo from the Lake Charles American Press, will join us. That's next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 is known across Acadiana as a master of the English language. You look at all the guys that they got. Clinton Anukoraru, Oof. And I don't know how to pronounce this young man's name. TJ Falola. More like a master of broken English, that is. They also added an inside linebacker, Casey Wasawi. These names are killing me, man. I even practiced <laughs> last night. Me fail English? That's impossible. Now back to that silky smooth delivery of RP3 and Company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Got chronic joint pain? Not having success with steroids but trying to avoid surgery? Well, thankfully, there's a better way, and it's now available here from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics. Hey, RP3 here, Raymond Parts III. I'm talking about new therapies, advanced, all-natural, regenerative treatments that not only just give you relief, but also can restore and repair damaged tissue for long-lasting relief. Look, if you've got joint pain due to arthritis, knee pain, hip pain, shoulder pain, don't just think the old ways of dealing with pain are the only ways. You need to learn more about these new biological therapy solutions. Call now for a free consultation. QC Kinetics, 337-243-4222. These remarkable new treatments increase mobility, decrease pain, and help restore tissue. They actually encourage your body to heal itself. Call now and learn more all about these regenerative and revolutionary alternatives. Don't wait. Call today. QC Kinetics, 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. It's time for us to talk all things McNeese Athletics with the award-winning, dashing, daring 
beat reporter columnist for the Lake Charles American Press, our good friend, the preferred fill-in host here on the game. The great Gazzolo, Jim Gazzolo, joins us live now on RP3 and Company. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Um, taken aback by that intro. <laughs> a little much. A little much. That's a little, it's a little extra, as the kids say these days. But you yeah, know little, who deserves little, uh, a little extra? You, my friend. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> always, always, always the one with the quick wit is RP3, but I, I wonder if he really means it. Of course I mean it. We got nothing no, to love for you. you do. Five names you means it, too. You were in the chuck yesterday. I was in the chuck yesterday playing golf poorly. <laughs> Very there, there is some talk that there are divots left behind. Oh, 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 there's, all, there's also a, a couple of sleeves of golf balls left, left behind in the water oh, and in the grass. Did you see any alligators I on did. the course? No, there was no gators on the course yesterday. Okay. There was just nothing but blustery conditions all day out at the <laughs> the, the country club at the Golden Nugget. All right, bud, let's talk baseball first for the Cowboys. All right. Uh, disappointing start to the, the season. I think people expected them to be better. Um, what's, I think they expected to play better, yes. I, I think they expected to play better. How concerning is the errors? I know they had six over the weekend in the series loss to Eastern Illinois, but they have 25 on the season now. Uh, that's not typical of them. How concerning is the defensive miscues by McNeese right now? Well, I mean, I think they're very concerning because of who made them. Um, three by Reed Bork at shortstop, who doesn't make errors, cost them a game. And then the loss from your center fielder, uh, Peyton Harden in the sun, for a three-run error that costs you a game. It, when you're making mistakes up the middle, that has to be the number one cleanup going into the league. They have to clean that up because their pitching needs – their pitching is going to be good. Uh, but they're not. I don't think they're going to score a bunch of runs. So I think every run matters to them, really. They don't have a lot of margin for error offensively. No, no, they don't. Uh, tell us a little bit about the the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. I know they lost some studs last year. Uh, definitely one guy to the Major League Baseball amateur well, draft, right? Yeah. Uh, so how's the staff stacking up right now, and is Justin Hill making any changes to it as we begin conference play this week? I think it's, I think it's a good staff. I think it's better three than they had last year, uh, but it's not a better one. And so Friday night will be Will, uh, Grant Rogers, uh, a transfer. And I think he's been good but not great. I think Ty Abraham's been the best so far. He goes on Saturdays. Um, and then Chance Stone, who's coming off Tommy John surgery, goes on Sunday. The thing about them is their bullpen is, I think, really good five deep. Now they have the, the best closer in the league in Cameron Foster. He leads the conference and saves. He's 7-for-7 seven seven with a win. Um, so I think they can get through. If they can get six innings out of their starters, I think they're in really good shape. What they have behind those three or four guys, if they go deep into games, not so much. Um, but if he can control the game and get five, six innings out of his starters, I think he's in pretty good shape. So starting pitching is there. Bullpen, though, is is the big – what's more of a concern, the bullpen, the back end, or the defense as it stands right now? Right now it's the defense because of what's happened. I, I think midweek games are not going to look good. But the weekend they have some guys that I think can throw out of the bullpen. He's had to use them 
exclusively on the weekends. That will fl- or that will flip now. He'll use them only on the weekends. Um, but I think when you when your seniors or your juniors, three year starters, and your seniors are making errors, that's the biggest concern. Also, the base running is very good. Uh, they have fifty out of sixty in stolen bases, but they've been picked off a few times, so they've been a little overly aggressive. I think those are the two things that have to clean up. They have gotten some offense from places they didn't think they'd get. Uh, Josh Leslie coming back from injury, I think, is big. And then um, the kid Hunter, Kate Hunter, a catcher, has really come on to be their cleanup hitter. That was a spot they weren't sure of. So they've gotten some surprises in the early going, uh, but they have to clean up the defense because they're not going to win if they make errors. They begin Southland Conference play this weekend. Uh, the Huskies come to town. Still trying to wrap my brain around the fact a team based in Houston is named after an animal that primarily lives in northern climates. But I digress. <laughs> I, I, I digress about that. Uh, the Huskies come to town. Uh, obviously, a big deal being made because Lance Berkman, the, the Astros legend, is their skipper. And that gives them kind of a, a higher profile, so to speak. But what what is this they team? Many wins. They haven't got many wins, though, <laughs> right? Six wins. Um, but what does this team bring to the table? What what can folks expect to see when the Huskies and the Cowboys meet up on at the Joe this weekend, Jim? Well, you have the league leader in pitching and the league leader in hitting against the bottom team in pitching and the bottom team in hitting. Um, <laughs> so I think. Uh, this is a good weekend for McNeese to start league and a good opponent because uh, they only have six wins and they are really in the very begin. Lance Berkman told me yesterday, they are really in the beginning of the turnaround. Um, so if you're going to face somebody, uh, a six win team that's in last place is not bad to open with. Uh, but I think what, what it really comes down to is does McNeese, they, they won two, two conference titles in a row. Can they flip the switch like they did last year and go on a run? Uh, this is a conference that I don't think we know a lot about. Um, New Orleans has looked good. Southeastern's had moments. Uh, Corpus Christi A&M put on 22 on Nebraska on Sunday. So uh, there's been some surprises of offense that I didn't expect to see. But I don't think we know a lot about a, a conference that's almost brand new. It seems because last year we had four game weekend series. This year we'll be back to three. That changes a lot. That changes your depth of pitching. That changes how you handle rotations. Uh, there's more games of the weeks to find out who's good and who's not and get help. Last year, maybe you played once every two weeks in the midweek. Now you're playing two, three times. So it, it's a different year because of those things, especially the weekend series of three to four. All right, Jim, we'll get you out of here with this. You know, the Southland Conference has been very fluid, right, with realignment and teams coming and going and some of them wanting to come back. What's the latest you can tell us about a former member that is in line to return? Well, I I, I don't know if they're in line to return, but I know there are overtures of Lamar coming back. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense because the WAC did not become what the WAC was supposed to become which McNeese sticking around the one extra year decided to stay in, in the South because they saw that. When you lose Sam Houston, when you lose New Mexico, when you, uh, when you lose those people in the whack, the conference is completely different, and it's more spread out. So Lamar, without an athletic director, 
is looking around to see what's in their best interest. I would be surprised if they didn't come back or didn't at least make some formal requests about coming back. Uh, so I think the league is still very fluid, like everything else. We don't know what uh, Stephen F. Austin wants to do ultimately, what Tarleton wants to do ultimately. We do know that the travel and the cost of gas goes up. Uh, travel becomes a bigger burden for schools. You don't want to be traveling all over the West Coast to play when you're a Texas school. Correct. Uh, so, And you believe, Jim, that we could see uh, – nothing's definite, obviously. Nothing's been set in stone. Nothing's been released yet. Yeah. But you feel like there could be even more movement, right? You mentioned Tarleton State. You mentioned possibly Stephen F. Austin. You, you could see even more teams being added to the Southland within the next six to eight months? Yeah. Uh, oh, without, without question, I'd be, I'd be surprised if there wasn't change every summer. Um, because I think you're looking at teams that are looking to piggyback on guys they can make travel partners with. And, and Tarleton would make perfect travel partner sense with uh, Texas Commerce, which is coming into the league this year. So you look at that and you say, hey, that's a better travel partner than, say, I don't know, Delta State or Dixie State in Utah. So I, that those are what we're looking at. is, And I think you see that more and more as to – conference alignments becoming um, divisionalized to save on travel. Because now we're not just talking football, we're talking the other sports as well. So it just, they don't want to pay out the money to travel. Jim, appreciate your time as always. Keep up the tremendous work at the Lake Charles American Press. Brother, I'll see you on Sunday yeah. for Meet Me's Baseball and Golf. Today. <laughs> well, I'm out at the golf. <laughs> Thank you, bud. <laughs> All right. We'll see you. We're going to take a time out. We'll wrap up today's show, get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes. That's all coming up next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 is known for being a well-tempered and thoughtful sports journalist. The incompetence, the absolute abundance of arrogance from Rob Manford makes me want to punch him in his throat. Okay, well, we all have our bad days. I'm not kidding. If he was right here in the studio, I would walk up to him and throw him a punch. Well, let's all hope he took his meds today. Back to hopefully a calm and collected RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or even minor landscaping, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service, and to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles remind you, call 811 and know it's below before you dig. Poll question of the day. Which college baseball team needs to win its weekend series more? 
All three have been struggling of late. Who needs the win the most this weekend? Final results, 57% of you say Raging Cajuns taking on the Jaguars of South Alabama. 38% say LSU on the road at Florida. And 5% say McNeese opening up against Houston Baptist University. Thanks to all who voted on the poll question of the day, who left their comments, and our callers. Also, thank our guest, Jim Gozzolo from the Lake Charles American Press. Murphy Walton, out of rain, our contest winner for the Pro-Am at Lake Charles in less east of CrescentCitySports.com. And, of course, John Marquez from the Town Talk. For the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parts III. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Footnotes with Kevin Foote is up next right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.